It's Rise and Shine with Lady C, where we uplift, educate, and motivate. Hey, let's talk about life and faith, ministry, community, and so much more. I'm Lady C, your host. Thank you for joining us every week right here on 1580thepraise.com. Today, I have a very special guest all the way from Maryland. Listen, I met him while I was attending Refreshing Spring Church of God in Christ, and this man was my Sunday school teacher. He prayed with me and for me during challenging times in my life. Listen, the man of God helped pack my car when it was time for me to return back to Ohio. Now look where the Lord has brought us. Dr. Byron J. Williams is a dedicated father of two, pastor and an Air Force veteran with 22 years of service. Dr. Williams is pastor and CEO of New Beginning Ministries in Suitland, Maryland, where he helps to direct and cultivate the spiritual life of students, parents, and the community through the Word of God. He lives by the motto, life isn't always fair, but God is always faithful. Family, we are so blessed and honored to have none other than my friend and brother for more than 20 years, the one and only Dr. Byron Williams is on the line today to talk about his journey and his book, The Promise is Still Valid. Welcome, Dr. Byron Williams, to Rise and Shine. My friend, I am so glad to be here. Listen, church is over already after that introduction. What else is left to say? Come on now. Church is over. Just just pass the offering plate and lift your hands. Let's go home. See, you cutting up already. You, I knew you was going to do sorry. it. I'm Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is truly an honor and a privilege. And I just thank God for you, my friend, my friend. Oh, no, I thank God for you, my friend, because you have no idea. You know, you. I tell people I tell people all the time, you're the smartest person in the world that I know. <laughs> Hands down. Oh. You're the smartest person in the world I know. And I wouldn't have gone this journey without you being my friend. I mean, and you have no idea how... At times, I was discouraged, but I remember I was still in the Air Force. You were like, you wow. know, why don't you try being a chaplain? Oh my gosh! Like, well, you, know, you remember that conversation? Yes, I do. And you were because you were going to what Ohio State, right? No, I was and, going and to. You were, yeah, I was going to Methodist Theological School for my masters. Yes, yes I was in a masters program. Yes. yes. And oh you were like, my gosh! You know, you ought to probably be in a chaplain in the hospital. That changed my life in wow. ministry and everything. That wow. changed my life. So. Wow. Yeah, so it is, I owe that to you. Oh, to God be the glory. You know what? And the I, God that's in you. Come yeah. on, come on. One of the things I always say, I, I try to encourage people, who is in your circle? Let me tell you, yeah. who is in your circle? Are those people, will they help you or will they hinder you? Don't get me started. Oh, my goodness. Mm. So come on, let's get into, let's talk a little bit. So share with the family, share with us a little about Dr. Byron Williams' journey and your story. So tell us a little about you and your story. Oh, well, let's see. I grew up in a Pentecostal house home. My dad was a, a pastor in my in my later days. So I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, you know, I don't want to say a very strict household, but it's just some stuff you just weren't going to do on, under their roof. Remember them? Come roofs? on. They used to tell us, not under my roof, right? So there was some stuff you just weren't going to do under their roof. And so I thank God for that, that upbringing. 
And so uh, joined the Air Force. Well, first of all, I went to college for a couple of years. Didn't work out. Then <laughs> joined the Air Force. Uh, did 22 years in the Air Force. In the meantime, that's where I got my calling. Uh, after I came to the uh, Maryland area, like in 1998, that's when mm-hmm. I got my calling to go into ministry. And, uh, you know, had some bumps in the road. There were some challenges we all had to face. There were some bumps in the road. Yeah. And there was a moment I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this church thing no more. Y'all can have it. But, uh, you was done I'm with the church? That. You was done with the church? Oh, I was done with I was done with church. I was wow. out of here. You hear me? I, I was like, you know, I felt like people were turning back. And I was like, My man, God. I'm done. But I'm telling you that, that I know that. Everybody needs to do clinical pastoral education training mm. if you are going to be in ministry. You need to do hospital ministry. You need to do jail ministry. Oh, that's you good. need to work in a nursing home because that will teach you to be humble. Because, look, people don't care how well you can preach or teach. Oh, they want to know, can you help them get into the presence of God? My and so God. you got to be humble enough. To, to humble yourself to come in and say, you know, it don't, it's not about this suit, it's not about these clothes, my it's God. not about these collar, it's not about my Holy Ghost, my yes, sha-na-na, yes. It's, it's nothing about that. It was a, a, when I was in clinical pastoral education training, Miss Ruth, she was a, a Protestant, mm-hmm. a Protestant priest. Okay. And she was like, People don't care nothing about your Holy Ghost in this hospital, in this setting. They only wow. want to know, can you help them get to the presence of God? Wow. And so that's how we run our church now. It's like, look, it's it's not about what you wear, about mm-hmm. how you came in. It don't matter how jacked up you were that's when you good. got into a parking lot. That's good. Can the atmosphere be set for you to get Ooh. into the presence of God? My God? And once you get into the presence of God, everything else is going to fall into place. My God, that is powerful. There is a more excellent way. And then, you know, when you're working and you're going into the hospitals, there is a way to minister when you're going to the hospital, when you're going to the prison system, when you're going to the nursing home and the rehabilitation, there is a way. And and like you said, and people, you know, they want to know the God that you serve. They want to experience the God that we serve. So that is so powerful. So Dr. Byron uh, Williams, tell us what inspired you to write the promise is still valid so it was something that i've started working on while i'm trying to finish my phd Mm. right so who's who do something like that you work (laughs) full-time job raise a son work on a phd and try to do a book at the same time right have you lost your mind anyway (laughs) so i try (laughs) so i tried to get the book done couldn't get it done so i was like okay let me focus on uh, the PhD okay. and then I'll go back and I was like well if I get published in one I get published as a as a, as a uh, PhD mm-hmm. then I'm good I don't need nothing else to be published right so I turn in my dissertation all 185 pages on wow. January 1st on January 21st of 2020 and January 23rd of 2020, I had a stroke. My God. My God. And I, I was completely paralyzed on my right side. Mm, 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 so mm. on January 23rd. And so even in the midst, God was still working because I'm like, okay. So I turned in my dissertation and mm-hmm. then my my mentor, I called him and said, hey, I'm in, I'm in a rehab hospital. I have a stroke. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do defend my dissertation. He okay. said, we'll worry about it later. I'll call the school and let them know. Anyway, he calls me back like a week later after I get into rehab, says, guess what? You're the first student that I've had where the first time you were eight, that your 
dissertation was approved with minor changes. My Usually God. everyone has a two or three revisions that they have to do. But guess what? Because you got it done the first time around, you have to defend now. I said, did you tell them I was in a the rehab? They were like, yeah, you still got to defend it. I was wow. like, my God, how I got to defend? So I got a rehab February 19th. Mm-hmm. March 19th, I de- successfully defended my dissertation. And the beautiful thing about that is, you know, there there was some there was some mental uh, challenges mm-hmm. that I that was a result of my stroke temporarily. Okay, but God, I, ooh, I God give Him praise. Yes. I was able to defend and remember ooh, five years now. worth of work. Five years in the middle of a stroke. In the middle of a stroke, I'm still able. And so when I defended, my committee said. I had two questions. One of my committee members said, Mr. Williams, are you telling us that 30 years, 30 days ago, you were in a rehab facility? My God. Recovered from a stroke. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, as far as I'm concerned, Dr. Williams, you're done. Mm, 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 mm. So, so that, so that's how that got started. So anyway, I'm done. I like, yeah, I'm celebrating. I got my dissertation, right, got right. my final edit. May, May, and so my father passed away after I started my, this my uh, PhD program. So everything I got done, uh, I got my degree conferred on his birthday, which was May 31st. Wow, what a blessing. I was like, okay, yes. So I was like, God, you doing it. I'm done, right? You you done work that out. I'm done, right? Nope. My publisher found out. I don't know how she found out, but she called me and said, I understand you had a stroke. Why didn't you call? I said, I don't know. She wasn't really my publisher then. She was just like a friend of mine. It was like, and I said, hey, I started this book. I don't know if we, so I sent her what I had as a manuscript. She said, we can get this done by your birthday in October. Wow. I said, really? She said, yep, we're going to work on this. And she pushed me. We worked every day on that book to push it out for my birthday wow. in October. Oh, my goodness. And so I'm like, I said, okay. Because she read the man, she was like, you know that this book is your story my God. right now. <laughs> your story. <laughs> She said, this is your story right now. We got to push this out. And I said, okay, all right. I said, God, okay, I'm thinking you're done. I'm thinking, I'm happy with the degree. Nope, we're going to push this book out. And so, and again, and so the other thing, my dissertation, let me back up. My dissertation was on how the Affordable Health Care Act impacts nonprofit hospitals. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here I am, now a product of the health care system to this magnitude. But wow. again, I thank God because my my medical expenses came to ninety two thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! Ninety two thousand dollars, and all I had to pay was one hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and fifty dollars, Lord have mercy! Look at 150 God. One hundred and fifty dollars, wow. and so He was still working stuff out. Yes. And, and so, and so I, and so, what I've learned in this in that season Mm -hmm. was to never discount God and what he's going to do in your life. Because in February 12th, 2020, when I was in rehab, they was like, Mr. Williams, you got to come down to therapy. I'm not coming down. I had an attitude. I was like, I ain't coming nowhere. I don't know why the Lord did. I don't know why the Lord did this to me. Wow. I ain't coming nowhere. They was like, well, you better get down here because you got screwed. I get on down there. I had given my wheelchair. My tech came, pushed me on down there. And I get there, and there was a gentleman who was younger than I was who was dealing with his eighth stroke.
stroke. My God. Count eight. Wow. And I said, from that moment on, I never complained about anything else. I said, Lord, mm. if he's in here working as hard as he yes, can yes. to get past his eighth stroke, eight. and I have one, I have not complained ever oh again God. since February 12th, 2020. Oh my goodness. Listen, I won't complain. I won't complain. Nope. Won't oh my complain. goodness. So listen, the title of chapter one had all my attention. I was like, oh, oh. the title for chapter one, saints and friends, what was designed to kill you? I was just like, oh my goodness. Mm. Give us some wisdom on circumstances and people, things that were designed to kill us. Oh man, hey, that could be anything. Not just a not just a physical death, mm-hmm. but your emotional, your psychological, mm-hmm. and your spiritual death. Mm. There will be things and people that were designed to try to kill you. Listen, they thought they were designed to kill your joy, kill mm. your peace. But it's in those moments yeah. that you realize that God still got you. And he's just going to bring, he's going to send you one word, one piece of a nugget, mm. just one reminder that he has purpose for your life. And what was designed to kill you, you're going to get out of this. You're coming out of this Come thing. Come on now. Come so on now. you coming out of it. And so uh, that was that all about. It, and you know what I told you, I was talking about, I was, I'm walking away from the church and everything. Yes, yes. What was designed to kill me was in that moment, there were some things I was going through. There were some challenges I was facing. And I thought the people of God would wrap their arms around you and make and help you out. Mm. Sometimes those are the ones the most, right? Those are the ones that will hurt you the most oh when God. you least expect oh. and so And so God will find, God will send someone that whole, my whole pastor, my first, unit of clinical pastoral education training was a magnificent body of people Mm -hmm. that poured back into me and said, God is not done with the purpose that he has for your life yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nope. Not done. Not done. Oh my goodness. That is so powerful, uh, Dr. Williams, when you were just, you know, talking about how things and people will come against you. And in the book you wrote, sometimes your enemy does not even understand that they are being used for the glory of God. You know, people will come against you, but you know what? It's all for your good. Mm. It's all for your good. And again, he will use those people in those circumstances for our good. So let's talk about the past. So you have a chapter in here talking about not allowing our past, you know, to kill our courage. And so many times we, um, as believers, we allow our past to hold us back from really walking into that purpose and and what it is that God has called us to do. We get we get hung up on some things and and and, and again some of those things um um are traumatic. They're challenging things to no fault of our own. But let's talk about the past. Help the people, Dr. Williams. How do we not allow our past to kill our courage to move forward? Talk to the people. Help the people. You have to understand that God's purpose for your life is not predicated on what somebody else thinks of you. And so many times we, 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 
we get into organizations Mm -hmm. and church organizations that were so uh, driven on what people think of us. Mm. And sometimes the God that you serve is going to pull you out of that organization or you're just going to be there temporarily or just for a season just for you to learn and grow and be prepared for where he's taking you because you're not going to be in that moment forever. And so many times we get stuck there because it's comfortable or it's familiar to us. Mm. And we don't want to do anything that's not familiar, right? We don't want to do anything. <laughs> we get real comfortable. We get real oh, comfortable. Oh, we get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we don't want nothing that's going to move us. No, no, no. We don't want anything that's going to cause us to move out of our comfort mm. zone. And so we have to be prepared to move in that comfort zone that's that God good. has. You know, we got, we got to be able to move out. Because if we don't, we'll be stuck. And here's the thing we have to remember. There's somebody who's waiting on us Come to on. step out of our comfort zone That's so cool. God can minister to them. Oh because think goodness. about it. Just think, just think about it. If you had not, never told me, you could have been like, oh, I'm good, right, with being a, and going through the, the Methodist course. <laughs> yep. And what if you never told me about that? Mm. Right? What if you never told me about that? I would have never gone into I probably would have never gone to chaplaincy because I never thought about it. Wow, that's powerful. Saints, yep. you are needed. You you are needed to walk in your purpose. Somebody is depending on you. You are needed for such a time as this. Um, Dr. Williams, we are in a season where fame, popularity, influence, likes in the kingdom is at an all-time high. Everyone and everything is being exalted instead of the king of glory. But no one talks about, nobody wants to talk about suffering. Um, 2 Timothy 2 and 12 teaches teaches us that if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And you were talking about in your um, in your book in uh, chapter three, uh, share with us a little bit about, you know, after you have suffered for a while. Come on now. Woo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, can oh run, my God. I can run on that. Yes, because, oh, man, and you don't. Nobody nobody wants to be inconvenient Mm. because we love to run with the the blessings of God, don't we? We do. We want to run with the blessings. We want to talk about the new house. We don't want to talk about how we we achieve our our money status, how our children. We do. Everybody does. But we don't understand that God is still working on us and through us, even in our suffering. That's good. That's good. And so we have to sometimes embrace it. And I, and God, I'm, I'm be the first one to tell you, I don't want to suffer for nothing. I'm telling you, God, my prayer is, God, I'm, there's some things that you've gone through you that you don't want to do ever again. Mm-hmm. But this is the title of my next book. I'm just giving you a little tease. Come on now, right here on the, the rise next and book shine. is going to be titled. <laughs> The title of my next book is going to be called The Storm Was Necessary. Oh, that's good. The Storm Was Necessary. The Storm Was Necessary. And so in our suffering, it may not be good to us, but it's good 
for us. Come on now. And when we come out of that storm, when we come out of that suffering, because Romans says, I guess the suffering of this present time is yeah. not worthy to be compared of the glory that's going to be revealed in us. So we got to go through to get to the glory. Come on. Come what? on now. Come we on gotta, now. We got to go through. And, and, it depends, and, and, and how you go through is how you're going to come out on the other side. That's good. When you come out of this, yeah, when you come out of this, you're going to have a greater anointing. Yes. You're going to have a greater love yes. for people. Yes. You're going to have a greater purpose. You're going to have a greater understanding of the purpose that God has for your life. You just go, I'm not saying you're going to be on fire, but you're going to understand. Mm-hmm. Even while you're, listen, I have a lady that goes to my church right now that's dealing with some, some issues med- med- medically, right? Okay. But that sister, every Sunday, she's dedicated to the ministry. She's wow. on Bible study every Thursday. Wow. And she will tell you, I may be suffering, but God is greater. Come on now. And that's what, huh, I may be suffering, but God is greater. Yes. So, yeah, uh, we don't want to talk about that, mm-hmm. but it, there's something that comes Hallelujah. out of that suffering that's going to take you to the next My level. God. You know what? That's a praise break for me right there. My goodness. Dr. Byron, you are the real deal. I have so much respect for you as I have witnessed. Oh, yes. I have witnessed your parenting skills. You are an example to many parents, especially black fathers. I, when I look at Kayla and how beautiful she's grown, oh, my God, an amazing mother. And then your son, Victor, a bowling champion. They are just they are just amazing and blessed children. Um, you are active, engaged, caring, supportive, and a loving father. So I want you to talk to those who may not be as engaged in their children's lives. Share with our family the importance of being connected to your children, especially a father. Oh, my God. It is, it is so worth the effort that yeah. you put in, that you pour into your children. Mm. My mother told me when when my daughter was born, she told me one thing. She said, take care of your responsibilities mm. and the Lord will bless you. Come on. Mm. Now, I didn't say it was going to be easy because I'm, I'll am i be the first one. When you got to pay that child support every month and it just comes out of your check and Come you're on. like, oh my God, you know what I could be doing with this, I could be doing with that. But because I... I, I just, okay, got to do what I got to do. Right. This is for my daughter. Right. Got to right. do what I got to do. Um, the Lord blessed me for that. You know what I'm saying? And I, I believe I had the opportunity to retire from the military and mm. higher rank. Come but on, because man. I chose to be in the same area, because my daughter, first five years, we lived in different cities. Okay. And once I was able to move to Maryland and be in the same area with her when she was seven, Guess what that means? I got to go to PTA meetings. That's you know, good. I got to go and support her when she wanted to play soccer that one year in middle school. Mm. I got to support her when she called herself wanted to go to the prom. You know what I'm saying? I got to go buy her prom dress mm. with her. You know what I'm saying? You know, I yes. watched her when she was an ROTC. And so that all plays a part because I don't care how much money you think you don't have. Mm-hmm. It's not about the money. I mean, we serve a God that will not allow you to be short. He will. Will you have to suffer? Oh, yeah, you may be some things you got to go through. But at the end, I promise you, he's going to work out for your good. And it's so important that that daughters, 
and son That's have it. that connection Come on. with the father. They got to because the father is not just the head of the household biblically, but that's who your first love should be. It's like, okay, I'm going to follow this man and learn from his example. Amen. And so I had a friend of mine in New York, she said, <laughs> she's telling me, you ain't worth a quarter as a boyfriend, but she said, as a daddy, oh, you get the father of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a new one. <laughs> well, bless the Lord anyhow. Yep. Yes. Yes, yes. So I, yes. hope she, I hope she, uh, she will hear this. <laughs> amen, amen. It's so important. So um, fathers and even mothers, there are some mothers who um, have disconnected from their children. So we encourage you, you know what, you will be blessed. Engage with your children, connect with them, even when they don't want to be connected, but just, just, just connect with them. So that that is amazing. Yeah. So talk to us about um, your ministry, uh, New Beginning uh, Church, uh, your ministry where you are the senior pastor. And how long have you been pastoring there? What's going on with the ministry there? It's been 10 years. Wow. Can you believe it? No. It's oh, my goodness. I remember years. when you started. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's been 10 years. And uh, we just thank God for where we are. We, I just thank God that we've just been able to help people in a community yeah. um, and um, give back to people. You know, before COVID, you know, we were able on Christmas morning, I think we did it for like four or five years in a row, we partnered with another family that was actually on the streets of Baltimore and we were doing breakfast on Christmas morning. Wow. And, when I, and not, just, not just like sandwiches, like we would do a full-blown eggs and sausage and oatmeal and hot coffee and um, biscuits homemade and we were and we prepare food for about 150 to 180 homeless people and then what we started doing we started like we used to do backpacks for the school for students we started doing backpacks for the homeless so we started doing backpacks and in the backpacks we put a separate ziploc bag of toiletries but then we put socks gloves hats and scarves in the backpack because sometimes homeless people don't have any way to carry their things. So we start putting it in the backpack. So now you got a backpack with new pair of socks, a couple of new pair of socks. You know, just, just, I mean, it, I mean, I wish we could have had a place for them to get off the streets, but at least we gave them something to uh, help them stay warm while they're on the streets. Um, so with that, um, we we've been doing that with the ministry. Uh, we've been growing with even since the COVID. You know, the big thing is being out, being virtual, right? Mm-hmm. And now that has less of you know in the sanctuary. You know, we may have twenty twenty five people in the sanctuary, right. but then when you go back and look, oh my God, we've had a couple hundred people visit us on social media. Awesome, you know, yeah. so now we have people in, in Texas, and we have a gentleman in Kentucky who has never set foot in our sanctuary, who's a regular tither to our ministry. Look at God! Look at God! Oh my God! Never set foot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So it's all a part that. So the whole ministry is. Uh, we practice the presence of God. Amen. I That's like it. That. It's not. It's not about me as the as the individual as the pastor. It's not about me. It's about people coming and feeling the presence of God, no matter what your struggle may have yes. been. We just had a gentleman. We just had a gentleman join our church about a month ago, and one of my associates ministers had been working on this gentleman. Uh, maybe about six months ago, he was maybe an atheist. 
Wow. And he just kept coming to church, just hanging wow. around, just coming to church, hanging around. And he finally joined. That's probably my fault because they said, you don't ever open the doors of the church. <laughs> I said, because I feel like everybody's members. Right, I feel right. like everybody's already member, right? So I finally joined. He came. He was like, I want to be a part of his ministry. And now, you know, um, and then and the Lord has blessed us our little bit in ministry. And I'm not, I'm not bragging, but we have, we have, you know, people who, come with, I don't want to say credentials, but they are, they're educated and they're hungry and they want Amen. more of God. Amen. So we got two people with PhDs. Wow. We got we, we have people, we have four or five people with master's degrees. We have a third person who's going back to get their PhD. And I'm like, so God is preparing us to let people know yes. if we can go through this without, look, none of us with the degrees, none of us in here came from well-to-do families. Amen. Amen. Right. So we all had to go through. That's we right. had to, you know, uh, find our way to get our education paid for. But guess what? The Lord's blessed us. Oh, the it. Lord's blessed. We have we have one young lady at my church who, uh, while her son was a sophomore in high school, she was like, I don't know how we're going to pay for my son to go to college. I said, the Lord has already said you ain't got to worry about that. Fast forward to his senior year, he brings in a letter one Sunday to a, from a school that says, uh, we're going to pay your, I think it said tuition and room and board, no, tuition and books or something like that. I said, no, that ain't the letter. That ain't the letter right there. A couple of weeks later, he brought back another letter and said, because you have obtained your high GPA and wow. your interest in being an engineer, wow. we're going to pay your tuition, we're going to pay your room and board, we're going to pay for your books, and we're going to give you a stipend on top of that. I said, they're going to pay you to go. They're going to pay you to Come get on now. Trip. Come That's on now. That's the type of God we serve. Yes. Right oh, my goodness. Yes. Right Saints, the promise is still valid. I need to say that louder for somebody in the background. The promise is still valid. Thank you to my dear friend and guest, Dr. Byron Williams, for joining the Rise and Shine family today. Thank you to the New Beginning Ministries family, Kayla and my buddy Victor. I'm your host, Lady C. With God, all things are possible. Remember, you have purpose and it's time to rise and shine. Join us weekly here on 1580thepraise.com. <laughs>